buckle up your helmets and shimmy into those shoulder pads, because we're about to downhill off-road unicycle into a precariously fun bagel bite, and the only thing more important than safety is style. This episode, we're chatting about all the topics you didn't think you needed to know about and still probably don't. From non-denominational Sabbaths and one-wheeling, to teacup rules and lotion on the feet, we'll dazzle you with the sheer amount of subjects we can cover in a short amount of time. They said that we'd grow out of it. Well, the joke's on them, that's just our brains. We're eccentric, loud, and stubborn. And most of our clothing is covered in stains. It's not a deficit of attention. There's just too much to think about. So if executive dysfunction becomes a little too much, If you forgot why you came in this room, or you're hypersensitive to touch, then put on your seamless socks, and come join our little flock. Bitches stimming together, we're weirds of a feather, weirds of a Room sounds. But all right. <laughs> okay. Room sounds. Get me in some room sounds. Hearing the sounds in the room all around us. Oh. Room sounds. Room sounds. Listen closely. Do you hear anything? No. It's the <laughs> sounds of the room. <laughs> that pause was perfect. Perfection. Yeah. Perfection. Yeah, I've been working on it. I'm going to borrow your clip because I know I'm going to pull my hair out. Go for it. Pulling out my hairs, pulling out my teeth. (laughs) What? (laughs) Don't do that. All right. All right. Are we ready to start this thing? I'm ready. This jam lamb I'm going to get my nose in. Yeah, do your little nose itch. I think we need to take a video of you doing that because we talk about it. My nose stim. You have a very specific way of itching your nose where you put your palm on your nose and rub it in a circle. Yeah, well, it feels nice. It makes a cool sound. Ready? Oh, wait, hold on. Let me get my glasses on. I don't know if that's going to come through on the audio. The cartilage is rubbing up against the bone. We'll have to take a little video of you doing it. It's very Kristen specific. Been doing that since I was a youngster. I know. All right. Welcome to Weirds of a Feather, an ADHD adjacent podcast. I'm your host, Grace Boré. I'm your host, Kristen Stanhope. And we've got a juicy little bagel bite for you. Little bagel bite. It's so, a bagel bite. Little bit. Might be a lot of it. Yeah. When Grace is taking size. the lead, yeah. it's often a big <laughs> bite. So spit that food out that you have right now. Yeah. Spit it out. Barf up a little bit yeah. if you need to. Take a Tums. Have some Ipecac. <laughs> Go do a little barf. No. Come back. No. Yeah. No, yeah. Make no. some room. First of all, Ipecac. Yeah. Do people doesn't... use that anymore? Is that at the pharmacy? I don't know. But that's that's what I know of to make yourself barf. Unless there's something better on the market. You could do the gallon challenge. Oh, that's, I hate milk so much. Yeah. The thought of that is vile. No. Don't do that. Don't, Don't do the gallon do challenge, yeah. please. It's just not good for you. Quick little barf. Make a little room. Come back. Don't get even your mouth barf. Full. Just, <laughs> fine. Don't barf. Don't barf. Just dig deep down. Make some space mentally and physically. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritually. Because we ready. got a bagel bite. Yeah. Yeah. All of that is to say, we got a bagel bite. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. I got a quick little warm-up question for you Ooh. that is not meant to be a big discussion. Okay. I preface it every time. Okay. It always is. It always is. But let's try to keep it short. Okay. I will do my best. How do you feel about lotion on your feet? <laughs> Like, you know, in movies and stuff, when people yes. lotion up the bottoms of their feet. Oh, my God. Is there I, anything more vile? It's absolutely vile. I can't I imagine. hate it. I do it. The only time I do it is at night when I'm very tired because I know I'm going to fall right asleep. And by the time I wake up, it won't be on my feet anymore. But I can't imagine, like, getting out of the shower and just let me Ugh. lotion my feet and then put socks on. Oh, you'd, you'd be slipping no. and sliding all day, oh. wouldn't you? Feet would feel all moist. Oh, moist, like, in between your toes. Oh. Oh. Even doing it before bed, it grosses me out. Just, like, the thought of, I don't Sometimes know. Sometimes you get dry heels and you got to put on that lotion. Even then, I'm like, I'll just deal with the dry heels. I don't know if I've ever, I guess I probably have. But I don't. Maybe I could count on Sometimes my in hand. The summer, how often I put like lotion on my feet? Yeah, rarely. I think I saw someone do it in a movie. Had a visceral reaction to it because it grossed me out, and I was like, "It is gross." I should ask Kristen about this because yeah. I feel like she'll no, thank have you. a strong opinion. I, I just, I usually just don't. I deal with the dry skin, and I don't loche. I try to loche. Especially in the summer, you got to lotion. Especially in the winter, you got to lotion. That's when I I'm lotion. driest. You know what? I bought, I so the wound care team at my hospital has this really nice lotion that's like hypoallergenic. It's got a like basically like non-fragrance fragrance. And it's it's like a, a lotion, but it dries really well. Ooh, that's um, And need. they use it for their patients. So I found it on Amazon. And I bought a bottle of it. And I have it on my nightstand so I look like a teenage boy. Uh, <laughs> Just jacking off. Yeah. But I put some on my hands at night because I wash my hands about 20 million times a day Yep. Uh, with very strong soaps. You know what someone taught me because I like to have lotion on my on the tops of my hands, but mm -hmm. I hate it on my palms, mm -hmm. is you put the lotion on the top of your hand and you rub, or the back of your hand, you rub the backs of your hands oh. together to put lotion on. Because yeah. I hate having lotion on my palms feels clammy and yeah. sticky and wrong. I, you got to so try this lotion. Together. I'm going to send you a link. Yeah. It's it's a nice lotion. And it actually, so it's like one of those like non-fragrant, it's like still there's a smell, but it's a non, it's not like Japanese cherry blossom or anything, yeah. you know? Haley. <laughs> Haley's signature scent always. <laughs> um, but, but it's, I don't know. It smells. Is it a jart? Dr. Jart? It is not a Dr. Jart. It's like, it's. It's like some sort of like weird medical brand. Oh, yeah, but, send it to me. I yeah, want Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. Lotion. It comes in a pumpage. Ooh. So you that's that's a plus for me. I love a thing in a pump. I like a pump. Except when it gets low and then you have to figure out how to get the stuff out of a pump without Yeah, and then you got to open it up and you right. got to Yeah, it's the worst it's part gross. about a pump. I love a pump until I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. And on that note, <laughs> should we move into little plushies? Yeah. All right. So, love a pump until I go. <laughs> Strong stance on pumps. Yeah. All right, let's do our little plushie song. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it came out really weird, huh? Yeah, it's a good, oh, it's a good, good quote. phrase. We yeah. should put on a sticker or something. Yeah. I love a pump until I don't. <laughs> Topical and applicable to many situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Little plushes. All right, Grace. Oh, okay. Oh, you want me to go first? Why don't you go first? I can go first. Okay. Um, my little plush is that last night I had a good old cry. Nice. And I feel better. 
this morning. Good. Yeah. It's good to have a cry. It's good to have Your a cry. It's it. A, it was a much needed cry. It wasn't as like, it was like a little cry. It wasn't like, I wasn't wailing, but <laughs> <laughs> like a Victorian wife who's just like found out that her husband, you know, succumbed to the sea or something, yes. you know, but I, I, it was a little cry and it was needed and I feel better. Do you ever put something sad on or like listen to a sad song if you're like, I know I need to cry, like I know it's in there, mm-hmm. but I'm disassociating and I can't really connect with that emotion. I need to get it out. No, no. What I do is I, I bury that deep, deep down inside because my goal is to not cry. Um, and then it comes out at a really inopportune time. Well, that doesn't sound like a good strategy. No. It sounds like my it, way would be better. Yeah. Yeah, it, it most certainly would. A good cry is good for you. It's good for your body. It's good for your brain. It re-regulates you a bit. Yeah, I, I do feel better. Um, I just, it was kind of like a cry out of like pure exhaustion and it needed to happen. Mm. So I just wish it wasn't at like, I wish I, I don't know. I, I Maybe I should schedule times for crying. You should. You Routine know what you could do? Times. Listen to Bo Burnham's All Eyes on Me from the movie slash oh, yeah. album inside. That one always gets me. That one's sad. Yeah. That one gets me. I have a few different songs that I know I will cry if I listen to. So sometimes you just gotta, gotta cry it save out. it all up. Yeah. Put it on while you're in the shower. Go have a nice hot yeah. shower. I, have a good cry. I usually cry to like animal videos for oh, some reason. Oh yeah, that'll you know? get me too. Like that freaking fucking shoe bill puppet that like <laughs> got rid of its like second child and like go back to our shoe bill puppet phase, but that video like made me really upset that the mom was like, nah. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to cry. Yeah. But yeah. That, I just, I don't know. I don't like being sad, so I try not to. Yeah, but it's cathartic. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I did. What'd nice. you do? What's your little prish? Little I prish. built myself a fire in the fireplace. Oh, all right. Well, here's my question. And I already asked you this, but I'm going to ask again. Are you a log cabin or are you a triangle style for my fire building? Yes. Um, I think I do more of a lean-to type situation. Oh. There's not really a solid structure Almost to it. Almost like a mix between the two. Yeah. I kind of just, you know, freestyle it with my fire architecture. But yeah, more of a lean-to. But normally, Ian is the one who builds us fires because he's the man, obviously. And we mm. follow traditional gender roles yes, in this family. Yes, you definitely do. <laughs> no, he just, he's the one... Who does it? Like, he just does it. And so I'm like, all right, sweet. I have someone to build me fires, so I don't have to really think about it. But he wasn't home one night, and I was cold, and it was like a cozy little fall night. And I was like, Mm. you know what? I could build my own fire. I just, like, sometimes don't think to do that stuff if it's, like, Ian's always the one who does it. Right. I don't think to do it on my own. But this time I did, and I was like... You know what? I could just build a fire. Yeah, you're a strong, independent woman. You don't need a man to build you a fire. It's not so much that I think that, like, I can't and the man has to do it. It's just more so I just don't think to do it. Because I'm like, well, Ian does the fires. That's the rule is Ian does the fire. (laughs) I guess I'll just be cold. Yeah, like, (laughs) I just, in my mind, have these different rules of different jobs that we do. Mm -hmm. And if he's not there, it just doesn't happen. I will be cold until his return. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, I really wish Ian was here so we could have a fire. I was like... Or I could do a fire. (laughs) And I did. And I went and got myself firewood down in the basement. Oh, scary. Built myself a little fire and had a cozy little night. And then he got home and there was smoke coming out of the chimney and he was very proud of me. Oh. So look at me. The house is still intact, so you're good. Yep, didn't burn it down this time. This time. 
Pretty proud of myself. Yeah. All, All right. right. Shall we jam on into the schmorg that is this bagel bite? Yeah, I'm excited for this schmorg because it's all about you, the listener. The listener. I thought you meant about me. I was like, uh, no, it's no, not. No, it's not about you, Grace. It's about no, okay. you listening. The, the royal listening. you. The yes. royal you, yes. yes. The collective. Yes, nice. Collective. The listeners. The listeners. Yeah, I kind of have a few different uh, random tidbits from a few different listeners that I've been compiling and just wanted to kind of go through. So our First, yes. So our first section to this little bagel bite smorg is about our cerebellum episode, your cerebellum episode. It's our collective cerebellum okay, episode sorry. that I took the lead on. That's a good look at you. It's a nice way to put it. Mm. So we got a few messages about that one and we had some good input. I know you're going to do another episode in that series down the road. So I'm saving some stuff for that episode because we got a lot of good input from people and it was like too much to fit in a bagel bite. Mm -hmm. But our I, mouths were too full. Yeah. Way too much stuff to the brim. But I wanted to just go through a couple little messages that we got. All right. So Alexa messaged us on Instagram. Thank you, Alexa. She is a pediatric physical therapist. Which sounds so difficult. I know. Are you like, I'm just picturing like moving a little baby's arms around. That's oh, probably I'm, not it. I'm picturing <laughs> I, like, I think babies like a, when I hear like pediatric. A, oh, I think of like a six-year-old who's like a menace. Yeah. And or you're like, trying to get him to like do a certain activity. And he's like, no. Yeah, I guess I think of like making a toddler do an obstacle course. I feel it's so hard because like with adults, you just like do this and they're like, okay. Yeah. Or they're like, no. Or they're like, no. Fuck you, off. Yeah. And you're like, all right. At the end of the story. Yeah. Working with kids versus adults is very different. And yeah, there's a lot of things you have yeah, to do differently. Yeah, you have to like trick them into thinking that it's a game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As a speech therapist, it was you can't just reason with them. Be like, no. well, you're going to want to have a clear, crisp R when you grow up <laughs> yeah. for professional reasons. They're like, I don't give a shit. I'm yeah, seven. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I say? You know it's what I mean? Like when veterinarian I... medicine where you, you know, there's no reasoning yeah. with a dog, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're you have to do trick it them in, into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, all right. So Alexa said... I just listened to your cerebellum episode. I'm a pediatric physical therapist, and I see a lot of kids with ADHD. They all have absolutely terrible proprioceptive awareness <laughs> and no clue where their body is in space. I can say that because I am the same way. That's Aww. what she said. <laughs> so she's not just ragging on her kids. She's like, I recognize my, in myself. My clients suck. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> they're awful. Yeah. No. Um, she says, I do a lot of work with motor planning with them, and we usually have to break down tasks into smaller steps, like how to throw or catch a ball. The cerebellum helps fine-tune and adjust movements based on previous experiences, and I notice that it takes extra reps and visual cues or tactile feedback to learn how to change their movement patterns compared to neurotypicals. Hmm. I think this also has to do with poorer working memory, which, like, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We have trouble with sequential steps when you give, like, multi-step directions. That is more difficult for an adhd -er or an autistic person. Even today, if someone's like, I need you to... Go into the closet to the third shelf on the right. Grab this. Open this. I'm like, yep. I'm lost. Yeah. I'll come I back. stopped listening after yeah. step two. Why don't you come with me? We'll go and open or it together. Or make me a list. If you give me a list, and even when I have a list, I've realized that I need to read it and reread it over and over and over and over, like so many times to remember 
multiple steps in a row. Absolutely. It's so funny to think that I was a speech therapist working with kids on this stuff. And the whole time I was struggling myself. And so I didn't really realize. <laughs> well, I, I was think, like, well, doesn't everyone struggle with this right? stuff? And they can't remember <laughs> multi-step directions. I like never really got the concept of like what it means to struggle with multi-step directions because I was like, isn't that just how people receive directions? They have a really hard time remembering them and they well, get confused. I think that makes you a better or at the time made you because you understood the difficulty of it, you know? Yes, but I think I also didn't understand the difficulty of it because I was like, well, that's just how it is. And you just have to like force yourself to do it or like come up with these really ridiculous strategies that are like time intensive and not conducive to learning or whatever, you know, it's like, I think now if I were to go back as a speech therapist, I would both be able to relate to this stuff and also have an understanding that it's not supposed to be this way. And maybe the strategies that I've come up with for myself, there's better ways to do it that aren't just like me figuring out how to work with my brain, you know? I know. I mean, I don't know, but I I, I understand what you're saying. You got it? Yeah, All I right. got it. Um. So Alexa finished her message saying, I have so much more to say about this. Def, one of my hyperfocuses, but I don't want to bore you or make this too long. Because You're I, not boring. Because I know my brain starts to shut down when I see too much text, <laughs> and I don't want to do that to you. Just Kristen, not me. I, uh, I Honestly, I did see that DM, and I was like, whoa, there's a lot here. But I, I read it in segments, and so. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to send us a big, long message, that's totally okay. If you break it up into segments, that'll probably be easier for Kristen. So. But, but don't feel either bad. way, yeah, don't feel bad if you don't break it up into segments. Yeah. I'll still read it. It'll just take me a little bit. Yeah. So thank you, Alexa, for uh, responding to us and letting us know your professional input. That was very helpful. And Alexa sent us some more information that was also really important that we're going to save for that full episode where you're talking about, like, hypermobility and stuff. Because I think uh, we want to have a bigger conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We also got an email from a listener, Kaylin, Kaylin, who also had a comment about the Cerebellum episode. Okay. They said, hey, I picked up one wheeling this spring and that... can't get enough. That's where you have one wheel. Unicycling. No. One wheeling. It's just the wheel and it has like the little board coming out of both sides of it and you like stand on the board. Like a hoverboard. It It looks, yes, it looks like you are kind of on a hoverboard, but it's just one big tire. I know. Okay. And you're standing on the two planks off yes. either side of the tire. It's like you're snowboarding, but there's a wheel and it's tall. Kind of, but you're standing straight instead of standing sideways like snowboarding. Well, no, I, I guess you do stand. No, you're right. You do stand sideways. Yeah. I'm thinking hoverboard where you stand forward. You do stand. Yeah. yeah. So and it that yeah, has yeah. two wheels. Yeah. It is like land snowboarding, I guess. Land where you're standing boarding. sideways. Land boarding. Yeah. Also known as one wheeling. Also known as I'm one wheeling. I'm glad we figured this out. Okay. Yeah, good thing we talked it yeah. through. <laughs> <laughs> it does help when we talk things through. Yeah. Sometimes I have a different thing in my mind. I I'm didn't like, know. That's what that is. That was one that was called what I don't know what I thought that was called, but now I know. <laughs> it's one wheeling. Yeah, I I feel like um a unicycle would also be very good for your cerebellum if you I don't also break your feel brain. Like that's a Quick, yeah, yeah, quick trip to the emergency room. If you don't fall and smash your head. Oh, man, you like medical bills? I got an activity for you. There is a kid who has an off-road uh, unicycle that he rides in the cemetery woods. I've seen him back there. There's what is he these... doing, tricks yes. off of gravestones? No, so there's like all these trails back in the cemetery. I know you know this, but I'm telling the people. Yeah. There's all these backwoods trails. The cemetery trails. near your house yes. is huge. Yes. And... Kind of like a park, but also for the dead. That's where the idea of parks came from, is cemeteries, oh. where people 
saw that it was like big expanses of lawn and like a nice place to sit and have a picnic or whatever. People are like, what if we just did this without all the bodies? And thus Parks was born. Oh. Parks were born. Um, I kind of like the bodies. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I kind of like going into the cemetery. Yeah, it's peaceful. It reminds us of the circle of life, you know. Yeah. It's important to remember that death is all around us. But in the cemetery, <laughs> we also have these really nice trails in the woods, but they're, you know, there's some hills and It's a huge rocks cemetery. And, yeah, it's very big. So people will, like, you know, mountain bike back in there and hike and walk their dogs. And I always bring Lucy back in there. But there was a kid who was going down this, like, steep hill on his fucking unicycle on like it has like a off-road you... tire one big there's tire there's no handle brake on that nope so he's balancing as he's How going do you stop? down this hill you i don't know jump off so not only do you have to like balance to stay on the unicycle but then you're also having to balance it as you're like tipping forward unicycles Reach out to us at weirdswithfeather@gmail.com. How how do you control yourself on a unicycle? He was ripping down that thing. It was crazy. You... I was so worried he was going to fall forward and bash his face, but he did it. He was cruising. That's such a level of balance that I can't imagine. My thing is like, how do you get to that point? Like, I feel like there's got to be a lot of face bashing before you become very yeah. proficient. You know, it's like I feel like the in between for learning how to ride a unicycle is very precarious. <laughs> You know? It's like when you learn how to ski, you know, you always fall a little bit. Yeah. But a unicycle, it's like, it's, like it's if all you or fall, nothing. Yeah. yeah, if you fall, you're. I guess you learn how to jump off of it, kind of like skateboarding. I just, there's so much balance work involved that's beyond me. Yeah, but it would strengthen your cerebellum. That kid's would, probably got a yeah. crazy cerebellum. It's great center of gravity. All right, back to Kaylin's message. Okay. Sorry, yeah, Kaylin. We, got we really distracted, got distracted. there. Wow. One wheeling, not unicycling. They're different. Yes, one I wheeling. I learned a new thing. Yeah, one Thank wheeling you, is different. You're much lower to the ground, so I feel like one wheeling would be better. And I think it's electric, right? It's like motorized. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It must yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. Because then how would you move? Exactly. So it's motorized. That's yeah. the key component that we're missing I there. see. Whereas a unicycle has pedals. It's pedal power. Yes, pedal power. <laughs> As opposed to one-wheeling, which is motorized. Glad we went through that. All right. Yep. So Kaylin says, um, it's a steady drip of adrenaline and kind of and kind of lazy meditation because you can't be thinking of anything else. Oh, that's oh, a good point. because you're trying to balance. Because you're, like, just very focused on that thing. Oh. And I'll have to talk about it in a future episode, but I was reading a study about how that is, like, the key to happiness, whatever happiness means. It's the people who spend a lot of time in that very focused state that is like what leads to the feeling of happiness is when your brain is like totally clicked in and engaged with an activity it's not just about like doing something that's you know super fun it's about being totally 100 percent engaged in this thing which huh. for adhders it's so hard for us to click into that thing but right. once we do it feels amazing it feels great so that makes sense it's it's always hard to commit yeah and i think we talked about this before like you kind of have to plan your day out because you're going to get lost in whatever hyperfocus mm. you have. It's hard to, you know, whereas like people are like, oh, just do your activity for like a little bit, like half the day. I'm like, there is no half the day. Yeah. There it's... is the whole activity and then there is exhaustion. Yes. Or there's nothing or mm -hmm. I won't do it and I'll just right. kind of potter around the house anxiously. Yeah. All right. 
Kaylin says, my daughter, seven years old, also has ADHD as far as we can tell. She has picked up one-wheeling a bit with me this fall. After listening to this episode, I think it may be one more tool in the toolbox, or at least justification to get her her own board. Yes, get yeah. her her own board. You guys get can one-wheel together. But also get her some, like, wrist pads and a helmet yes. and knee pads and arm pads. Well, yeah, I don't know. Shoulder about, pads for style. I don't more know about than anything. Yeah. yeah. You're going to want shoulder pads for style. <laughs> the rest is for safety. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if you need to go that far, but yeah, I would say then, wrist guards and definitely a helmet, I'm sure. I'm sure you're cute responsible little, Kaylin. like parent child one-wheeling activity. Yeah. It'd be adorable. I want a one-wheel. All right, and Kaylin ends it with saying, "Thanks for putting in all the work to get the show out." Oh. Oh, thanks Kaylin. Yeah, thanks for listening and thank you for your input. That is yeah. I hadn't even thought about one-wheeling, but yeah, it's very similar to like skateboarding right. where you're Balancing. having to do a lot of balance. Should I buy a one wheel? I kind of no. want a one it's wheel. It's not in the now. budget. No, it's not not in the budget. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe next summer we could one wheel through the to, woods. Ooh, you could one wheel through the woods. You could one wheel with Lucy. Yeah, although that might end in disaster. Yeah, no, she. I think she would like that. She does pretty well with skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Well, Ian takes her. I don't because of my rollerblading accident with her, where she pulled me onto the lawn. I was a bit traumatized by that. Oh yeah. But Ian will take her when we go. Uh, Longboarding, longboarding together. Yeah. So she might do well with the one wheel. Just have to train her a little bit. Yeah. All right. All right. On to our next thought. Our listener and friend Noah Lindsay reached out to us to give her to give us her thoughts on our Shoebill Puppets episode. Go back. Go Shoebill Puppets. Yeah. Shoebill Puppets. <laughs> yeah. Go Puppets. Yeah. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> right. Noah Lindsay says, I'm a third of the way through the shoebill pod, and I have some thoughts. <laughs> that infamous shoebill pod. Ah, uh, yes. Podcast all about the shoebill. She says, Sabbath. As a religious Jew, I do keep the Sabbath, specifically Friday evening to Saturday night, and it's amazing. I literally cannot feel guilt about not being productive on Shabbat because anything I would feel guilty about not doing, I'm not allowed to do on Shabbat. For example, I can't run the washing machine on Shabbat, so if I don't finish all the laundry on Friday, well, I have to wait until Saturday night, and then there's no use in feeling guilty because there's literally nothing I can do about it. So I literally have a full 24 hours of eating good food, hanging out with friends, sleeping a shit ton, maybe going to synagogue if I feel like it, playing board games and reading. That sounds so this lovely. Sounds great. This actually, no, Lindsay, after you sent this, I was kind of thinking about it because I am, I would say, in the throes of a burnout scenario. Yes. Um, and I'm trying really hard to not be. And so I've, I've, implemented like a mini i'm trying to like divvy up my weekends into like you know half working weekends and this is obviously when i'm not on call and half sabbath weekends i don't want to say shabbat because i'm not religious jew i'm not religious at all yeah Um, she said that a lot of different cultures and religions celebrate or experience a sabbath but like shabbat is specifically jewish but there are different cultures that do a different version of sabbath i'm trying so. to do a sabbath-esque on my weekends you could and... do a non-denominational sabbath yeah <laughs> a non-dom sab yeah non-dom sab. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've... go like really old school like no technology you know that type of shit oh i could uh, no I like electricity to... candlelight only candlelight yeah. only. really lean into it 
my my goal is to like finally have like a little plant day, but it's like a lot of work. I have to like make sure I have all the, like the soils and stuff that I want because I want to build a terrarium. You need your soils, and I need my the correct soils, and I need to research it, and I need to do all these things, and I really want to have a plant day, but I'm gonna work my way up to it. But that, it probably won't be until like January. That doesn't sound restful, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're like, even, talking about all the work you have to at, do. But I'm, but like once I'm in my plant day, it's like it's such a it's such a great. I'm just me and my plants, and I get to like listen to a podcast. Nothing and, else in the world, right? Because then you get that focus, right? I get into the the focus, and then it doesn't even matter what I'm listening to because I'm not focusing on it. But yeah, I'm I I am trying to have more of a, you know, this is going to be the rest half of my weekend, and this is going to be my like business end of the weekend where I'm doing like laundry and cleaning and stuff like that. Mm. Has it been successful so far? No. Well, I think, but I'm inspired. Yeah. I think the main problem is that like we've talked about, even when you do take that rest time, you're still in the back of your head being like, fine, you should be doing this and this and this. And so I feel like having a set Sabbath, having Shabbat where you literally, you're not allowed to be doing this stuff. I feel like yeah. that's what you need. Something where like you're not allowed. Yes. I need a rule. Where like, Kristen, you will get in trouble if you try oh. to do a load of laundry, you know? Don't you dare. Don't Put it down. Think about it's it. It's against the rules. You know, I feel like you need to have strict rules mm. where you're being told don't do anything don't and do only it. then... Will your brain allow you to rest? I completely agree. All right. Noah Lindsay ends her. I don't know why I always call her Noah Lindsay. Is, I, is it just it's Noah? It's such a, like a, a ring to it, though. I know. No, it's, it's, it's one of those no. names that I feel like you Noah say Lindsay. together. Let us know what you'd like to be called if it's not that Noah Lindsay. But until then, <laughs> until we'll then. call you that. She says, it's really good for my ADHD and anxiety because it forces me for 24 hours to accept what I can't change, the laundry, an email I didn't send, etc., and the urgency to finish all Shabbat preparations, grocery shopping, cooking, laundry, before sunset motivates me to actually do it. Oh, That's true. I it like gives you a deadline. deadline instead of like stretching it out into the whole weekend, which we tend to do. And then it's Sunday night and you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Or yeah. We're just, we always leave stuff. For, yeah, Sunday or whatever. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. So I think you need to implement some kind of non, mean, non-denom sab in your non-denom life. Non-denom <laughs> sab. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I, I really like this idea. Um, I get to adopt it and make it my own somehow. Right. Minus the religion, I think. And thank you for sharing because I, I think, you know, no matter what religion you are or non-religion you abide by i think there are always lessons to be learned from others yeah and i think that's a great one one of them yeah Yeah. that's a great cultural practice yeah and if you're a person who has some sort of non-dom sab let (laughs) us know or denom or denom sab sab. yeah i'd like to know about it you're calling it a dom non-dom it's non-denom 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 sab non-denom sab or a (laughs) denom sab yeah yeah, whether you have a non-denom or a denom sab, either way. <laughs> non-denom or denom nom. Yeah. Denom nom nom. Denom nom nom nom. Sab. Share, <laughs> share with us because, yeah, it's fun getting these little insights into, you know, what your religion does for your sab. And I feel like it gives us more good ideas about how to take that brain rest for ourselves, you know? And also, and this is super off topic, but I feel like I grew up in the Catholic Church, and it didn't work out well for me. Yeah. You grew up without religion. Yeah, it worked out fine. Uh, it worked out great for you. Yeah. I feel like I, not that I have, like, 
a lot of religious trauma, but I've just I rarely do I hear stories where like religion works for someone without like it, it being like a cult Netflix series where they're like, oh, we love, you know, we love being in our religion where it's like it's clearly a cult. So I really appreciate you sharing how your religion benefits you mm. and works for you. I appreciate that yeah. because I feel like I don't hear that that often. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't think all religion is bad no. blanket statement, uh, you know? I think it's often the white people religions that we turn into cults as a means of control. It doesn't have to be white people, but it often is. It often is, yeah. <laughs> Just statistically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people have religious trauma, but it's nice to hear that, you know, that's not always the case. Yeah. It's nice to hear your, uh, nice traditions as well. Yeah. All right. She did tell us, um, I won't go through it right now. I had a whole thing written out, but not right now. Okay. Um, but she said about coffee versus tea mugs, there actually is a science to that. She said, I'm not a major coffee or tea aficionado, not to that extent, but look it up because there actually are rules for which cups you use for which drinks, and then you'll literally have that to stand on. So then you could have real rules that you could point to of why you only use a certain mug for a certain thing. So I love this, but I'm I'm nervous that my rules won't line up with their rules. Yes, they'll be different and, than the official rules. Right, and no. then my rules are wrong, and then I can't enforce my rules because they're technically wrong. Well, I think, I'm going to look it up anyway. I think that shows your thinking, because if it's your rules about which cups you want to drink out of, mm-hmm. I don't think there is a right or wrong. I think there's the way you want to do it, and that's the rule, and that's how it's done. A lot of times I have like emotional attachments to my mugs and yes. cups. So and for you, it's more an emotional, you just look at a mug and you're like, this feels this like feels a coffee mug. This feels in my mug. heart. Yes. But I am also very curious now that there's like a rule book and a handbook and in, in legislation on. <laughs> official. <laughs> official. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, I let need me, to know. Let me tell you it real quick then, because I already wrote it down. Okay. All right. From an article titled Teacup versus Coffee Cup, the important difference is. <laughs> <laughs> this is the articles I need to know about. This is the important research right? being done. <laughs> article is by jaron no last name just jaron (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's legit (laughs) there's no last name okay just jaron (laughs) evan and jaron maybe all right so according to just jaron teacups are designed to be elegant held lightly and cool the liquid quickly but coffee cups are designed to be cupped in the hand and stay warm Many people will pour tea into any cup that is convenient, but no, 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 don't be a peasant. Because teacups were designed to maximize the flavor, temperature, and ease of preparing tea in a way that allows for polite drinking habits. Teacups may be different sizes depending on where they were manufactured. In China, cups are designed to hold no more than 30 milliliters of liquid. Teacups are a specific shape designed to cool down quickly from a rolling boil to a conveniently drinkable temperature. For this reason, they are shallow with a wide open mouth. I see. So that's why you want a more open mouth on your teacup. Not all teacups come with handles, but those that do are designed to be held delicately between your thumb and either one or two fingers. This does not allow for a great grip, which is why teacups are small in size, so they can't be too heavy or too unwieldy to hold properly. I feel like this is really important to know if you're making teacups. Right. You don't want a big, unwieldy cup. That being said, I don't think I own a single teacup. Yeah, I don't own like a proper tea set. 
teacup. Now I want a proper teacup. You know what we're going to have to do? We're going to go to the antique store. We, some mu- we must. With some cool saucers. Ooh, <gasps> fancy. So you could do like a fancy tea time. Ooh. Although I like a big mug of tea, which I know is I wrong. Like, I like, no. <laughs> I want a big mug of coffee. I want a bigger mug, the biggest mug of hot cocoa. Ooh, yeah. And then I want a small, convenient coffee cup, like your status, uh, your status quo coffee mug. For tea? For tea. Well, you're wrong. You want a I am delicate wrong. little teacup. Well, it's like my most delicate mouth. coffee mugs are to their, I guess to their rules, it would technically still be a coffee cup, but it's in my collection of mugs. It's my most delicate okay. tea, uh, coffee mugs are for the tea. All right, for the tea. Yeah, I guess we also use our smaller ones for tea. All right, so the single the single finger handles, that's a hard thing to say, single mm. finger handles, which pull away from the slope of the teacup, keep your fingers away from the cup itself, which can be quite hot from the boiling water. This, okay. So they're designed right. for safety and delicacy. I'm glad you're going over this. This makes so much sense. This is very important. Everything's designed for a reason. Yes, and coffee doesn't need to be boiling. In fact, it shouldn't be boiling Because water. you're going to mix it with probably crema. Well, also, that's not how you make coffee, because right. you don't want boiling you don't want water. It. And so, you're going to burn it. You so it's not going to be nearly as hot as the tea, and you don't want it to cool down as quickly as tea because it's not starting at such a high temperature. Oh, this makes so much sense. All right, sense. so traditional teacups made in Asian countries are less likely to have handles at all. Mm. In fact, they are sometimes referred to as tea bowls. Oh, but most European designs will have handles. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Bastardized by the Europeans. <laughs> all right, so then coffee. Unlike tea, coffee is not usually prepared with boiling water, at least not directly, as that can burn the beans. It doesn't need to cool down as quickly. In fact, many people like their coffee to stay hot as long as possible. For this reason, the shape of a standard coffee cup is quite different from the shape of a teacup. A basic coffee cup will be tall and narrow, with less exposed surface area for the heat to escape. Coffee cup handles are very prominent in their design, especially in comparison to teacups. Because the cups don't typically get as hot, but they do hold considerably more liquid, depending on the type of coffee you're drinking, the handles need to offer more stability and durability. Coffee cup handles are usually large enough to accommodate two to four fingers. This is very technical. However, depending on the mug and the size of your hands, it's not unusual to be able to grip your handle with a complete fist. Jaron went all out with this. Jaron is, he's got the facts he's and figures. He's got the facts. Coffee is not considered as elegant of a beverage as tea, so you're not expected to hold it with quite as much etiquette. And that's it. That's what I had to share from that article. I love this article. <laughs> I learned so much. Right? You know, I learned so much. It all makes sense now. It totally makes sense. Oh, my God. More surface area to cool it down faster. Oh. It all comes together. That being said, this is, I'm drinking tea from a coffee mug. Yeah, that's definitely a coffee mug. That's definitely. You're drinking tea from a coffee mug, too. Yeah, but it's got a big, you wide, do, open got a top. big, wide mouth. <laughs> I do have a big, it's wide a mouth. a big, wide mouth on that coffee mug. I do. All right, and on that note, I think that's the end of our bagel bite. I had a little, of course, I always have more to share, but I'm going to save that for next time. Yeah. Because... Um, we had a little follow-up from Jamie about the whole invisible audience thing, but I want to, like, oh, chat about that a little yeah. more because I think it's a fun be topic. The next bagel bite. Yes. So I am going to save that for next time. And, Jamie, don't worry. We'll get to it next time. But before we sign off, I do want to give a shout-out to her daughter, Sparrow. Yeah. Because 
Sparrow, your mom talks about you all the time, constantly. And it mm-hmm. just so happened that when we recorded her episodes, somehow your name, I don't think, got mentioned, even though she literally was talking about you the whole time before we started recording. So I'm sorry you didn't get a shout out. I know Abby got one and you didn't. So shout out to both of you. But a special Woo-woo. shout out to Sparrow, Jamie's daughter. Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting us. We're going to try to turn down the inappropriate jokes. Yes. Sorry. We'll try to rein it in for your delicate child ears. But uh, Sparrow made us some incredible Weirds of a Feather vases with her mom in the studio. I love it. They're so cute. We're going to post pictures of those. And so we just wanted to say big thank you for those amazing gifts. And we love them. And they're displayed prominently in our homes. Yeah. So thank you to Sparrow for the vases. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jamie and thank you to Abby also don't want to leave you out of that no thank you to the whole fam yeah and Jamie you did a great job with your episodes yeah everyone's loving them so I'm loving them good job girl I know they came out so well I thought they were great whenever I listen back to our episodes I'm like "Ah, this was pretty good this was great I feel like yeah every time I leave I'm like hmm yeah I was like that was stupid I said Hmm. nothing everything I said was dumb (laughs) and then you listen to it and you're like okay all right yeah all right that wasn't as bad as I I guess we said some fun stuff in there I guess we were informational I guess there's a reason to listen to this (laughs) (laughs) all right so thank you all for listening to this bagel bite yeah thanks for all all the fans all your input all your dms all your facebook posts all your emails yes we love getting your feedback we love your feedback and just your comments if you have like a weird comment about a weird thing and like no matter how obscure i want to know about it yeah tell us because that's i love listening to it the point of the podcast Yeah, yeah for us to relate about these very weird very specific things that we do or that happen to us or that we like or whatever Mm hmm Nice. If you want more of this, you can follow us on all the podcast platforms. You can find us on Facebook at Weirds of a Feather. You can find us on Instagram. You, you can, can email. Yep. At Weirds of a Feather at gmail.com. Woo-woo. Send us your thoughts on the cerebellum and the Sabbath and one wheeling and teacups and coffee cups. And Jamie's episode. And Jamie's episode. Yeah. Episodes. Episodes. Yeah. Give us all your feedback. And... I that's it, right? Yeah. Oh, buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash words of a feather. Um, throw some pocket change our way to keep this podcast going. And that's it for real. And we'll see you next time. Trying to do a puffin. Arr! Arr!